0: The following podcast is scheduled for one fall, or TV time remaining. Introducing now, from the sovereign nation of Poland. Landon, follow him on Twitter at Landoz, the one, the only, Landon
1: Tone. Yay, and the crowd goes mild, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, my tag team partner, by God, he is my best friend, it's Will Rab. Rab, how are we doing this morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever it happens to be?
0: I'm doing good, man. I'm gonna be honest. I was gonna do it because we like to parody things. That's why we took the you know uh, wrestling intro for the podcast. I was gonna do the Kenny Omega uh, intro, listing off all the you know love he gets from the <laughs> wrestling media for you, but I, I couldn't find anything. So I'm I'm sorry, man. I'll, I'll try better next week. That's okay. I I, I appreciate the
1: thought of the effort, not the effort itself. But the thing about the Kenny Omega thing is, which by the way, I love this current Kenny Omega, particularly for his intro. It it keeps getting longer week after week after week after week. So like, if, if you'd have gone that route, who knows how much time we would have had for the actual pod itself.
0: Hey, what do he say, like, something about, what was it, last week in his uh, Eliminator match, it was something about a, a friend from high school, like, lives in Georgia or something now. Uh, it's weird stuff, but it, it's <laughs> awesome. Like, I'm actually, I actually enjoy cleaner Kenny Omega. I enjoy best bout machine Kenny Omega, which we've talked about this before. Arguably, I don't think best bout machine Kenny Omega ever left i just think they went in a different creative way for a little bit and people like expected Kenny omega to like run the gauntlet and you know win everything in aew right away uh but i'm mostly excited that the cleaner is back so that people in wrestling media will shut the hell up about it (laughs)
1: Yeah, that was that was your battle cry going into them losing the tag titles. It's like, just bring on the cleaner. You were a big proponent of the cleaner. Not necessarily because you wanted to see the cleaner in action all that much. Not that you were against it. You just wanted people to stop clamoring and crying for
0: it. Oh, my whole thing was like, did you not pay attention? I, I mean, while supposedly, you know, Kenny Omega is in this abyss and we need to bring back the cleaner and where's the best bout machine, Kenny Omega... They had the tag team match of the decade. Yep. Mm-hmm. If not if not maybe one of the greatest tag team matches of all time at Revolution last year, and Hangman and Kenny were putting on five-star caliber matches on freaking dynamite against anybody with no crowd. Kenny wrestled like 47 matches at the Nightmare Factory. But yeah, Kenny Omega can't wrestle no more. Good, no more, guys. Sure. <laughs> Some of y'all are stupid. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go off on the random uh, rant. No, uh, no,
1: that's that's fine. That's absolutely what a podcast I, is for—to go off I'm, on rants.
0: I'm uh, I'm excited. Uh, full gear coming up on Saturday, live on pay per view. Yep. And uh, it should be be a good pay-per-view. I know a couple weeks ago, because we were talking about there's a couple of storylines that we were iffy on, and you're like, dude, I'm not even sure I want to buy full gear. And I wasn't going to shame you into buying it to be like, oh, well, dude, I mean, you got to do your homework. You host a wrestling podcast. Because that's (laughs) not true. I can just read dirt sheets about the WWE and talk shit about them.
1: That is true. I I was going to say, can I write this off
0: on my taxes? (laughs) But I, I said... Okay, yeah. Some of these, and we'll get to it when we talk about the individual match, individual matches. I, I don't like some of these things they've done with a couple of these storylines. They feel like overbooked a little bit, but the matches are still going to be really good. Like, even if how we got there was stupid, we're going to get some good matches on Saturday night, and I'm excited for that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I've definitely uh, reversed course from where I was a couple weeks ago when I thought about not ordering full gear. Because if I didn't order full gear, if for whatever reason I don't order full gear, that will be the first AEW pay-per-view offering that I did not watch live and I did not pony up the $49.95 or $59.95, however much a pay-per-view costs in that dying format. But yeah, I've definitely reversed course on that. I am very much looking forward to... Full Gear, uh, looking at the card top to bottom, and I feel like it's kind of a broken record when it comes to AEW pay-per-view cards. It's stacked. Uh, the first match to the last match has uh, has something that I'm excited to see. You did mention there are some uh, angles and stipulations, we call that a tease in the biz, uh, that we're not necessarily fans of. And we'll talk about the uh, the one that nearly drove me to the point of not ordering This card. But before we get into the card, I want to talk about something that isn't on the card because I would have sworn that this would have been featured. Maybe, I mean, like me personally, I think it's above the level of the pre-show, but at the absolute worst, it would have been the pre-show match. We're not getting any Miro and Kip Sabian taking on the best friends on this card. I would have... Thought I would have bet a hundred bucks a couple weeks ago that that tag match would have at least been on the card because I mean, Miro is one of their bigger signings here recently in AEW. I mean, a couple podcasts ago, I said if positioned correctly, he could be in the AEW world title picture by Thanksgiving. Obviously, they haven't gone that route and obviously they haven't booked him that way. We'll get into that in a second. But, I, Rab, are, are you kind of surprised that we're not getting a that uh, that feud continuing on the pay-per-view itself,
0: and B, no Miro representation? I'm surprised and disappointed. Uh, I, I'm disappointed because I want them to have their match because this is a stupid fucking reason to have a feud.
1: <laughs> so stupid.
0: Video game cabinets are not expensive. They're really not. Like, like fucking Walmart if, sells
1: them $499 out the door. If...
0: If you can afford all that Gucci stuff that Miro has, you can just buy Kip Sabian a new damn video game.
1: And, and, and plus, like, like the cabinet they had, I mean, that's a homemade, like, like home kit, whatever you want to call it, like, like it's not even the $500 Walmart models I just mentioned. This is something that you put together, and if you piecemeal stuff, it's like building a computer. If you know where to look and what price or and what uh, pieces to get, You can do that relatively cheap, and like Rab said, they're feuding over a
0: fucking video game cabinet. Like, like, if I remember correctly, FTR threw best friends into the video game cabinet. I mean, look, I don't care. Like, the best friends (laughs) can feud for stupid reasons if they want to, like... I can't even honestly tell you a thousand percent why Santana and Ortiz and the best friends started hating each other.
1: It's because the uh, proud and powerful
0: fucked up Trent's mom's van. That's but what. why they, what inspired proud and powerful to mess with Trent's mom's van? Like, I don't even remember. Like they I think hated they just Sue's did van. I mean, I mean, just cause <laughs> exactly. Like, and that turn that culminated with, I will say it, and this is impressive for AEW, a top five match from 2020. When we do our year in review, that's going to be a top five AEW match unless, like, Full Gear is just, like, the greatest pay-per-view of all time. That street fight was amazing. Oh,
1: fantastic. One of the best street fights I've ever seen. Like, not just recently, ever seen.
0: When they finally do pay off that feud... It'll be a good match, but you couldn't have thought of anything better. Also, you couldn't have thought of anything better for Miro to do when he came into AEW other than hang out with Kip Sabian. No kidding. Look, I'm not trying to take anything away from the, the, the wrestling talents of Kip Sabian, and I think he's a pretty decent heel because he's like that old-school, like, I don't care, he, Eddie Guerrero lie cheat steal heel. Like, he has Penelope Ford, he has Miro, he uses numbers to his advantage. He doesn't care. I still, like, it. Kip Sabian's like mild salsa to me. Like, honestly. Like, what's the point? Like, <laughs> he's not gonna be a top-of-the-card guy, and there's nothing wrong with that. But especially this crap right now with the best man in the wedding. Hey, look, congratulations, dude. You're mal- marrying Penelope Ford, and she's mm-hmm. really freaking hot. Mazel tov, baby. Mazel tov, dude. But... There's so much better stuff you could have done with Miro. Like, again, like, no offense to uh, Matt Seidel because we got a funny BTE a bit out of it about baby oil on the top rope. But, like, if Miro had been the Joker that showed up in that uh, battle royal or something like that, like, Miro should come to AEW and, like, immediately challenge for a title because he doesn't need a ranking to earn a title shot. He's freaking Miro.
1: Yep. I mean, there's there's a reason I said if booked correctly, he could be facing Moxley for the strap because, I mean, he is one of the better talents going today. And I mean, uh, I watched him suffer in, in the throes of his run as Rusev in the WWE before they just straight up took him off TV. Dude is a total package. Dude has charisma. He can cut a great promo and his in-ring style is unique and it looks like it is, it, 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 it's painful. So, to see him being, like, I I don't hate the pairing of him with Kip Sabian necessarily as much as it sounds like you do, and I, I do like the, the gimmick of the best man, he's the modern day Mr. Perfect, he's the best at everything he does, not to go all best in the world CM punk, but... For them to be feuding over a video game cabinet. And this yeah, like, ex- like 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 if, if if this should be clicking with anybody between the two of us, it should be me because I am the guy that dropped five hundred dollars awaiting his PlayStation 5 uh to get here. I am the guy that when I come home from work, uh, I just sit down with my PlayStation 4 or my Switch or my Xbox One and play video games. But this does literally nothing for me, and it's 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 disappointing to see Somebody of Miro's talent just kind of feud over a broken
0: arcade cabinet. Like, Again, really? I like I like Kip Sabian as a re- as a wrestler. I think he's a good heel. He puts on good matches. The problem with Kip Sabian is they don't do anything interesting with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he's had one interesting match ever. It was him and Joey Janela, and that made logical sense because. Penelope used to date Joey, yep. and now she dates Kip. And then they had a street fight, and it was a pretty good street fight, but they had it on Dark. And so they don't do anything interesting with Kip. So, like, I don't hate Kip saving it. I guess I hate what they do with Kip. They haven't given me a reason to ever give a good... Uh, damn about (laughs) kip sabian yet
1: i did think some of the stuff he did with jimmy havoc when they were tag teaming before jimmy havoc was uh future endeavored to go uh work on himself earlier this year i thought they did have some bright moments but yeah i mean like kip sabian's spot in the aew pecking order so to speak like i I feels like it's weighing down miro right now it's doing him no favors and and quite frankly it's putting miro further back from when realistically he should have debuted hit the ground running as a monster he'll destroy you and then again there's a reason i said he he could be uh, challenging for the AEW title by thanksgiving
0: yeah he should come out and like you know cody's the the tnt champion nothing against him working with uh cassidy and darby allen those are guys he wants to work with but He's the TNT champ, and he wants to have an open challenge and all this stuff, and do that again. Like mm-hmm. that would have been a tremendous way for Miro to debut. as you don't even know he's going to be there. And it's like, oh, and then it's a, he gets a title match with Cody. And even if you know Cody finds a way to win, like Miro still looks good in that mm-hmm. uh, type thing. It's you could do better.
1: So speaking uh, but, real quick on on the Cody and Orange Cassidy feud. So so. Orange Cassidy goes over two to one over Chris Jericho, arguably one yeah. of the best to ever step into the ring. So Orange Cassidy gets the rub from that feud. Then he goes into a mini program with Cody, looks great in their first match, and then he's he loses his title match because of dark order shenanigans and now we're getting orange cassidy versus john silver which which don't get me wrong i love me some johnny silver you know johnny hungy um he might be the true star of bte but what was the point of of cody and cassidy if 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 cassidy ends up where he is i mean like at the absolute Worst, this should have ended up with a triple threat match between Orange Cassidy, uh, Darby Allen, and Cody Rhodes for the TNT Championship on this card. That's just my
0: opinion. Yeah, it seems silly to use a TNT Championship to set up a feud with Orange Cassidy in the Dark Order. Uh Hey, look, I don't have a problem with another Cody Rhodes-Darby-Allen match. Like, that's the thing about the TNT Championship is they can just kind of book it randomly if they want to. Like, the rankings aren't the end-all, be-all. Heck, the rankings aren't the end-all, be-all for the World Championship right now because John Moxley said he wanted to choke out Eddie Kingston. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll get to, to more of that later. I don't know. I, I, don't, have a, I don't have a good answer for you. I don't hate Orange Cassidy versus John Silver, but like Orange Cassidy versus John Silver should be a Dynamite match that's like a sidebar to a larger Orange Cassidy-Cody Rhodes feud. Exactly. And that match a couple of weeks ago that they had on Dynamite was really good god that thing was fantastic it was a fantastic match they had two really good matches the one where they went 20 minutes was really good the second one was going really good like you believed it could go either way i still kind of had a feeling because cody books himself Uh, (laughs) he's got the dusty book uh cody was probably going to keep the belt because you're going to have him have that for a minute and there's going to be a significant reason uh, that Cody's going to drop the championship to somebody. Um, but that would have been the perfect place if Cody doesn't want to drop the belt yet. Like, why not have him go to a draw or why not there be a DQ or something Screw Better than Cody get... It's not a clean... You beat Orange clean in the middle. I was explaining to my wife, who's kind of becoming an Orange Cassidy mark, what it means to lose clean <laughs> in the middle uh, the other day. Good on you, Reb. Um, and and I already told her her Christmas present is the orange Cassidy t-shirt of orange Cassidy.
1: All right. You, there had better be a picture on Christmas day of her wearing that OC shirt and her giving the apathetic orange Cassidy thumb. Otherwise you fail at Christmas.
0: I can't, if it's either that or the one where best friends are the two dogs and then orange Cassidy's the cat or whatever in the middle. (laughs) Uh, One of those two, Uh. It's like he lost clean in the middle. Clearly, he lost the match because John Silver put his boot in his face. But why was that? Why? Like, again, nothing is Orange Cassie versus John Silver. But that's not like what people are clamoring for that we have to have at this pay-per-view. Again, like you said, there could have been something between the best friends and and Miro uh, on this card. Um I don't know. Like
1: s- And then randomly s- Arn Anderson cold cocks Orange Cassidy. Like I completely
0: missed that on my first watch through of, of that match. So like that's where your interference is. Arn Anderson cold clocks Cody Rhodes. Cody gets the quick roll up. Upon further video review, the match mm-hmm. is vacated because of Arn's interference, and it's a triple threat match. Cody and Orange and Darby. And we let one of the two young guys go over. Like, I'm sorry, I don't. I, TK, like that's good. Like, you should put me on the book,
1: <laughs> dude. Between that and, and and our Twitter conversations, we should definitely have the book for AEW.
0: <laughs> we we say that, but
1: I was gonna say, uh, literally every wrestling fan thinks that. So so yeah, literally
0: every <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a whole I get it, it's a whole lot it's a whole lot harder. Than it looks, but that's what this podcast is about. Is why are you doing this stuff? Look again, I'm compl- I'm completely all about. Well, this is the this would be the third time that Cody and Darby have wrestled because they wrestled so? to a couple of. Uh, I, I know on a, a they wrestled to a dr- they wrestled to a time to a draw dr- and then, then they they and, had the
1: rematch and then so. they
0: had the rematch New Year's and Cody won. So, yeah, so, yeah, so I I, I think
1: this will be match number three between those two.
0: Hey, look, anything with Darby Allin in it, like, sign me up for it. Like, mm-hmm. he he is so good. Dude's a star in the making. Dude's a star. Like, go back on Vice, uh, folks, and watch. There's a show called The Wrestlers, and it's this guy who goes around and it takes a look at underground wrestling, and there's an episode about Evolve, and Darby's heavily featured in it, Um, by the way. So... Uh, there's my plug for the week, but I'm excited <laughs> uh, for that match. We'll we'll make some predictions on that later. You want to start running through some of these matches on the card, though?
1: Yeah, let's go ahead. We'll run through the card and then uh, then give our thoughts on each match. Uh, newly added to the pre-show, it's the. NWA, not AEW, NWA World Women's Champion Serena Deeb taking on former NWA champion Allison Kaye, the match that was on the pre-show but was then moved to the main card. It was the aforementioned uh, Orange Cassidy taking on Dark Order member John Silver. Then we have, with the caveat, if MJF wins, he is allowed to join the inner circle, which I guess Wardlow also comes along with MJF. It's Chris Jericho taking on MJF with Wardlow in his corner. For the AEW Women's World Champion, we have champion Hikaru Shida defending against former champion Nyla Rose with Vicky Guerrero in her quarter in an elite deletion match. It is... Some version of Matt Hardy taking on Sammy Guevara uh, in for the AEW World Championship in an I Quit match. It's champion John Moxley defended against the Mad King Eddie Kingston in the AEW World Tag Team Championship match. It is the champions FTR, Cash Wheeler, Dax Hardwood defending against the Young Bucks Matt and Nick Jackson with the caveat that... If the Young Bucks lose, they will never challenge for the AEW World Tag Team Champions again. And a newly added caveat to that match, FTR manager Tully Blanchard has been banned from ringside for the AEW TNT Championship. It is champion Cody Rhodes with Arn Anderson in his quarter defending against Darby Allin. And in the... AEW Championship Eliminator Tournament final match. It is former tag team champions facing off against each other. It is Hangman Adam Page taking on the cleaner Kenny Omega. Like we said earlier, top to bottom, this is a stacked card. Maybe one of the best cards that AEW has put on the pay-per-view format so far. So, Rab, let's head to the pre-show and talk about a match that is for the NWA Women's World Champion. That
0: is Serena Deeb defending against Allison Kaye. If you include the buy-in, which I include include that as being on the card, even though it's the teaser match for the pay-per-view. But on Saturday night, you got a pay-per-view with five, five world championship matches. Mm. And and a a number one contenders tournament final match. That's so almost kind of like five and a half championship matches because that's a championship level match because you're winning you, you you know you're becoming the number one contender if you win that match it's a tournament final and if you so, want to talk I mean, about is-
1: high stakes in the non-championship matches I'll also go to bat for the elite deletion match because uh in the year 2020 one of the new fads in professional wrestling is the quote-unquote cinematic type matches Matt Hardy was the one that really uh pioneered and mastered that formula so like I would say the elite deletion match is up there
0: in, I, in I the conversation
1: I, with your championships.
0: I don't know, man. It's going to be hard to top that Boner Yard match.
1: <laughs> that is true. That is true. By the way, uh, Talking nope. shop Mania 2 uh, will be uh, dropping on Fight TV on February 13th, Friday the 13th. <laughs> so uh, one-ish <laughs> week from when you're listening to this. Holy shit.
0: Oh, man. It's gonna Hashtag be re- the
1: worst pay-per-view you've ever seen.
0: Oh, It's hard to top Chad Too Bad and Sex Ferguson. I'm just saying, man. Sex
1: Ferguson's going to get his revenge from beyond the grave. Uh, Bury me softly, brother.
0: We'll we'll just go through the card. The NWA Women's World Championship match. uh, Serena Deeb uh, is a a veteran, although someone that uh, folks may have not known a lot about until she got her opportunity uh, in. Uh, AEW and that led her to getting a shot with the Women's World Championship uh, in NWA. I've already said previously, I like that AEW and NWA have a working relationship. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see them further that. Like, I don't have a problem with NWA having a YouTube channel. And if you even want to put some matches on there, because, you know, maybe you're going to work at these independent promotions or whatever that don't have great television distribution. But the NWA should be like it was in the old day, where they just decide who gets the belt, and then the territories host the uh, the, the matches. Uh, so I kind of like that because it, it's old school. Uh, I, I like the synergy of them working with a, with AEW. It gives both brands credibility, and you know I don't know a lot about Allison Kay, but you know I've seen uh, Serena work. Uh, a couple of times in AEW, and and that's a solid match to uh, kick off the night.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, Serena Deeb, uh, you might have seen her when she was <laughs> running around in CM Punk Straight Edge Society. Uh, really? Yeah, almost a I decade think, ago. Yeah,
0: right? I, I knew she'd been around a while, I didn't know what she had done otherwise.
1: Uh, she, In different uh, iterations. Yeah, yeah th- uh, that was probably the height of her popularity. Uh, she'd been working behind the scenes. If I remember correctly, she was working some at the Performance Center, working with uh, talent, you know, getting them ready. Allison K. I'll be honest, I'm not that familiar with her work. She does have a good track record. Uh, she is a former NWA Women's World Champion, uh, a two-time TNA slash Impact Knockout Champion as well. So uh, clearly knows what how to uh, how to work in the ring. Uh, and what we've seen with Serena Deeb since she's been signed to AEW, I've been impressed with. Uh, she's probably been one of the better performers in AEW women's division. Uh, I would be surprised if we see a title change here just because Serena Deeb did just recently win that title off former champion Thunder Rosa. But part of me kind of wishes we were still seeing more Thunder Rosa, but there's a whole... Thunder Rosa saga unfolding. We'll get into That's it a another different show. Day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that is definitely a, another show. Uh, so I'm going to go with Serena Deeb to retain over Allison K.
0: Yeah, I think I think the champ retains here again. Uh, I, I'm not saying we won't ever see an NWA uh, title change on AEW. Uh, I just don't think we'll see it here. And again, I think when, although pretty much it's. Uh, you know at this point just whatever billy corgan wants to do with it uh, you have reverence for the nwa title so you don't just uh, swap that thing back and forth like spit
1: exactly yeah this this isn't a title that you this isn't wcw 2000 where you just switch every title every two weeks just to pop a rating bro
0: yeah and like you said it's it's it, Allison is a former NWA champ, but you know Serena just won it a couple weeks ago. And if she's gonna be somebody, and again, that already has that working relationship with AEW, been introduced to the audience, and you're gonna continue that that partnership to get some exposure for the title. It makes sense to keep it on uh, Serena, and maybe down the line we have another champion versus champion type match. With whomever wins that AEW Women's World Championship match, we'll talk about that in a second. Let's just move from let's just move from bottom to top today. Let's uh, talk about Orange Cassidy uh, and, and John Silver. Even though we touched on this a little bit, Daz, just kind of reiterate. Good match, like John Silver. Love Orange Cassidy. Uh, good workers. Both uh, funny, especially if you watch uh, BTE Weekly. Like John Silver is featured prominently in that, <laughs> acting like a dumbass. Johnny Hungy, Johnny Hungy, <laughs> uh, in more th- in more ways than one. Yeah, yeah, uh huh. Very much so. But Sometimes trying like, to slide like, like, up in whoop. them DMs. Yeah, he is. <laughs> watch watch out, dude. Um, uh, this is a good match. Uh, and I guess it's cool they elevated it from the pre-show to the, the, the pay-per-view. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'd much rather see Orange Cassidy involved some way with that TNT belt like we were talking about with a you know a potential three-way dance uh, with, with Cody and Darby or whatever or this be a spot for the best friends and, and Miro and Kip Sabian. It's not a bad match, but like this is again the type of match I expect to see on Dynamite. Like, th- my point is, it's not a, a bad match, but it's doing nothing for the buy rate. Like, I'm not saying, oh my God, I got to buy full gear because I got to see John Silver and, and Orange Cassidy.
1: Yeah, I don't disagree with anything you just said. This definitely feels like a dynamite match or hell, maybe even a dark match. Uh like I'm I'm clearly a fan of both of these competitors, but in the scheme of things, this does nothing for Full Gear. Now maybe maybe this was elevated to the main card because A, they know Orange Cassidy is is over like Rover and B Maybe it will act as like a cooler between one of the five or excuse yeah, me, uh, four true. championship matches featured on the card. And I mean, it's like it's that's not a bad thing if Orange Cassidy is featured in your cooler match in between, you know, a heavy hitter because OC is clearly over uh, John Silver and the Dark Order do have their cult followers. No pun intended. Um d- Orange Cassidy wins here, like like, and I'm sure it'll be a fine match, but is not moving the needle, so to speak, for
0: well, me. Yeah, again, it's the, the it, it's probably in there again, like you say, they're probably gonna have one of the you're gonna have that NWA World Championship match, and then maybe like I don't even know what the order of the card is, but you got some like intense matches. You need a couple in there to cool things off. Mm-hmm. The, the, the the AEW Women's World Championship is. Probably, again, like it's not any disrespect, but it's kind of a cool things down match. Uh, We'll see what leads the night off. It's going to be a very uh, heavy uh, card. Uh, You got that elite deletion match that's in there somewhere. With that being cinematic and that going to be intense, you need a couple It's just kind of regular wrestling matches to let the crowd get their feet back underneath them. But yeah, I think Orange goes over here. Uh, that's what John Silver's in the company to do is, is no offense, be a, a, a jobber. He's a well-known jobber, but mm-hmm. it's to elevate uh, Orange Cassidy. And so it, it's, it is what it is. This is one of those matches you would expect to see on Dynamite like a week or two out from a pay-per-view where there was some sort of confrontation, and it's like a two-week thing just kind of to, to fill some time. But... Uh, it'll it'll be a good match. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, this is an important one. Uh, MJF has decided after his uh, failed campaign to uh, <laughs> remove dictator John from office.
1: A lot of failed campaigns going around these days.
0: (laughs) A lot of failed campaigns going on By the way, that's the closest we're
1: getting to politics. I just want to say that. (laughs) Uh,
0: But he's realized that uh, maybe running as an independent to keep the the campaign puns going isn't going to work so well. (laughs) And so he's decided he needs to maybe align himself with the inner circle. I don't know if he ever actually said he wanted to join the inner circle. I think maybe he just maybe wants to join the inner circle. Um. But it is Jericho versus MJF, uh, just a couple me- weeks removed from the greatest wrestling segment of 2020, the God, Dinner that's Debonair. So great. Oh, that was so good. At so first, fun. I was like, what is this? And, and, and truth be told, when it happened live, so I had to go back and watch it, I was on the toilet.
1: which according to some wrestling fans uh that's where uh that segment should have stayed we're not one of those yeah i had gone to
0: use the bathroom and then that segment came on and i didn't realize they were going to do a song and dance and i was like okay i don't need to actually see this if i can just hear what jericho and mjf are saying i'll know the context
1: that was Uh,
0: but that was really great but now they're kind of sort of rivals because, again, I'm not sure that Chris Jericho likes MJF, and I-, I know that MJF is, you know, just using Chris Jericho like he used Cody Rhodes. If MJF wins, he gets to join the inner circle if Santana Ortiz and uh, Sammy Guevara don't murder him first. Uh, Dodge, your thoughts on this match?
1: This is the one match on the card that I've gone back and forth on. I can see either competitor winning here. Uh, real quick, I just want to, I want to give some shout outs to uh, Sammy Guevara and uh, Ortiz on this most recent episode of Dynamite and going back one more episode from Dynamite. They need to give Ortiz the microphone more often because that guy is money with the stick. Uh, But this, there feels like there's going to be a swerve or a turn from somebody and I can't put my finger on it. Story-wise, it makes the most sense that MJF picks up the victory here. But if MJF picks up the victory, I think there's going to be an inner circle shakeup. Like, I, part of me feels like that Sammy Guevara and Ortiz have been running a smokescreen on this whole we hate MJF thing. Mm-hmm. And they're going to end up turning on Jericho and oust him from the inner circle and MJF will be the new leader. I that said, e- e- even though I'm saying it, I don't know if I if
0: I'm buying into it. So kind of like a bullet club scenario where the elite faction of the bullet club kind of took the bullet club over and kicked him out when they were in Japan. Mm -hmm. Japan.
1: That's that's a really good analogy, especially since we're talking about uh, AEW. But uh, I I think MJF picks up the victory here and there will be shenanigans that follow. Because I could very easily see if the scenario I just laid out, uh, Hager uh, sides with Jericho. Okay, well, you oust him and Jericho. You slide Wardlow into that Hager role and you you have arguably a, a better big in the inner circle i'm not talking legit because jake hager is a legit mma fighter who will
0: he's a bellator world champ undefeated in bellator as well
1: so Mm -hmm. um i i think he will legit kill you exactly he will definitely legit kill me so uh please be nice jake i bruise easy uh mjf wins and there are some shenanigans that follow
0: i could see that i could even see although i don't know because proud and powerful are such a good tag team Maybe there's even a little bit of separation between those two, but yeah, Jericho and Hager. Uh, you know, Jericho gets ousted from his own group, and that you know he'll be he would be indignant about that. And maybe you know even it's a situation that MJF wins, he goes over, and like you were talking about the other day, at some point Jericho's gonna go back out on the road with Fozzie. and so maybe a hiatus for Jericho wouldn't be bad. You know, you could I don't. It, you know, the, the exactly how you go about it, but you know, the embarrassment of being ousted from your own group was too much for Jericho. And he needed to take some time to recover, uh, from that. And then he goes do his Fozzie thing and, you know, uh, infect goobers with COVID. <laughs> let's just say Fozzie maybe isn't the most stringent when it comes to following CDC guidelines. Nope. Um, the COVID God. The COVID God, yeah. We'll just leave it at that. I'm not gonna get. If I get into that, I will sidetrack the whole podcast talking about yeah, other yeah. stuff that ain't wrestling. If we go into that, if we go off on that, we're gonna have a whole damn
1: tangent that I'm gonna have to end. Yeah, <laughs> and we don't
0: want we don't want to do that. So, uh, look again. That's what makes it fun. Like, uh, I've been asked this before. You know, why are you watch it if you kind of know what's gonna happen? Uh, well, I don't always. These this is when you have really good booking when you could see it go either way. Um, I, I like the scenario you say you lay out. I think just for like shits and giggles, I'm going to say Chris Jericho beats MJF, but that's only to continue this feud between the two because Jericho and MJF are money, and at some point down the line in some form, kind of what you're laying out happens. I know Jericho has said there's no reason to break up the inner circle, but it'll happen one day. I think they may just may not be ready to completely blow this feud off yet, and Jericho may be, may get the best of MJF. There could be some shenanigans helping him do that as well. I mean, you have the whole <laughs> inner circle, and you just have MJF feud with the whole inner circle, and eventually, you know, uh, beat Jericho. Uh, so uh, just for S and G's, I'm going to go with Jericho.
1: Okay. And, and I, I do think it's the whole, uh, proverb of, you know, uh, the, the scorpion jumping on the back of the frog to get across the river mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. they get to the other side, the scorpion stings. And why'd you do that? I'm a scorpion. That's what I do. And that's, yeah. that's what MJF is. He is the scorpion in this situation. Uh, I, I definitely don't feel like this is the end of of this story, regardless of the outcome. But, uh, but yeah, I'm going MJF. You, you're going the champion. You, so we'll you, see.
0: You mentioned uh, shenanigans.
1: Yes. One of my favorite uh, words. In fact, you mentioned, you know, shenanigans. that goofy place with all the yes. shit on the wall, right? Farber. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Keep it on Ward low on Saturday night. I'm just saying, mm. I'm just saying if, if there's the possibility for maybe some people to be snakes in the weeds in the inner circle and, and pouring it on a little bit too strong, they got a little bit too much brute aftershave going on, if you know what I mean. Oh, uh, war dog uh, may see an opportunity to make a name for himself. Just saying, man. Just keep like an eye that. on that. I like that. And, and
1: and Jericho mentioned it in commentary this week when he was calling the uh, MJF Wardlow, uh, Samuel Guevara, and Ortiz match. By the way, Samuel Guevara looked like a bazillion dollars in that match. Mm-hmm. Like that guy is going to be a star. In AEW, like like babyface star, as a matter of fact, but I've been I've been impressed with the little bit we've seen of Wardlow in the ring. So uh, so I would like to see uh, that come to fruition, see
0: some more of the uh, war dog in action. Women's World Championship match on the AEW side again, one of five World Championship matches Saturday. That's just exciting, man. Uh, I'm just gonna keep hitting that home. Hikaru Shida, the champion, versus Nyla Rose, Vicky Urell and Nyla's corner. I'm going to call this right now. It doesn't need a lot of explanation. Nyla Rose becomes the second or the first second time. Well, Cody's a a second time champion. They messed that up on commentary the other night. What I was trying to say is Nyla Rose gets her second reign as women's uh, world champion on Saturday. Uh, Dawes, tell me why I'm wrong.
1: Uh, actually, I I agree with you here. I think Nyla Rose uh, gets her second reign as the AEW Women's World Champion. Uh, maybe she'll get a little bit longer run uh, because Sheeta defeated her. I feel like kind of out of the blue, maybe maybe a little bit randomly uh, the first go round. And I'll be honest, like I would say the build to this match has been lackluster. But that would imply there was a build. There's there's been literally no build up, no story uh, for this matchup, and I'll be honest, like like I like Sheeta in the ring. I've been pretty underwhelmed with her being a champion. Now maybe you could say that's that's a whole symptom of the AEW women's division, and I don't necessarily think that's an unfair commentary. But like, I Sheeta's I, I good, th- but but she doesn't strike me as as the champion, the one that you put the crown on and be like this. This is the standard bearer in our division.
0: I think she got the title because it was a thank you for what she did uh during the pandemic very possibly yeah because and, she was one and of, and the was hot of the stars at uh, the time mm-hmm, yeah. uh and I think she was deserving of an in ring obviously uh, with her being a foreign wrestler and not I'm not knocking her for this just pointing out the obvious. Her not being the best English speaker it mm-hmm. limits what you can do with her. It does promo wise. By the way, the build for this was Nyla Rose basically said, "I'm not wrestling on AEW and until I wrestle Sheeta." <laughs> so they didn't really have Guess much it's they terrible could do. <laughs> kind of hard to build that when Nyla Rose says, "I'm not working against anybody unless it's Sheeta for the championship." So uh, there you go. Um, and then this kind of. Who knows? This might have kind of got slammed together quickly because they, you know, AEW, and again, we get on this in another pay-per-view or another podcast in detail. AEW, suffice to say, some some sheets suggesting that they might have screwed the pooch with Thunder Rosa, which is a shame. Also, when you're maybe wanting to do champion versus champion uh, and you got another promotion you're dealing with and they want to change the belt, then that might mess things up too. But look, there's a role for Sheeta in the women's division. The women's division is the, maybe not the one area, but the most glaring area that AEW needs to clean up. Although, the WWE, actually got to give them credit for something, set a high bar for the women's division. And I think there's good wrestlers in there. AEW was snake bit with some injuries. But I mean, you got to get Britt Baker healthy. You got to get Chris Statlander healthy. And then I think you can have a healthy women's division but I do think the first step in that is putting the belt back on Nyla Rose mm-hmm. uh, and, and seeing where that goes. And as long as you have the NWA involved in some form, it gives you a couple different added avenues, just like the TNT belt and the world title belt give you avenues to develop men's single wrestlers. So I, there's a lot of potential to go in a good direction, uh, but shaky ground Uh, For sure. It's tough. There's so much good stuff on AEW each week. It's unfortunate that oftentimes the women's division only gets one segment unless you're watching dark, which most people probably aren't doing. Yeah, and
1: uh, I do want to give a shout-out to Big Swole because I think she's definitely stepped her game up and uh, raised her profile, so to speak, in the women's division. But you say it's been the one thing that uh, AEW needs to clean up. I I think that's fair because when – an outside performer has been the MVP and the star mm-hmm. of your division. And I'm speaking of Thunder Rosa here. I think it's absolutely fair to say that it's not on the the rest of the level, so to speak. Now, now granted, yes, getting Britt Baker back and getting her healthy, I think, has been a great boon to this division but at the same time like she she had to be cutting promos with Skiavone for for a while while she got healthy and i'm i'm a big fan of what she's done since she's got back but i mean you can't tell me that thunder rosa hasn't been the best thing of the women's division
0: yeah she was and, and hopefully it can continue we'll see what happens and again we're waiting for more firm reports i.e she shows up on television wherever she shows up um but that was an issue. I also think one of the problems. I think they probably had a really good plan and uh, were looking to use uh, a, a lot of overseas Asian wrestlers. Oh, definitely, yeah, and yeah. that mm-hmm. and that even includes like non-Asian performers in terms of you know like uh, race or whatever. Uh, performers like Bree Priestley and, and, and things mm-hmm. of that nature and they got trapped on the other side of the, the world because of the pandemic. Yeah, you remember Riho?
1: Riho was a thing. The yes. whole Joshi division. That was that was a big emphasis at the beginning of AEW, and due to the lockdown, they've they, they practically been removed from the from the formula. Yeah. Who, who mean, knows how many if slash
0: when we're going to see them back. How many times in the first month of AEW Dynamite did we watch uh, Riho and Emi Sakura? Almost <laughs> to the point where I never wanted to see that ever again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Though, to be fair, there were some points after Riho won the title, she was just straight up gone, like for weeks. And that was before
0: the lockdown. Yep. So that was interesting. But they had that. And then it seems like they're trying to bring out new stars, but it's a combination of every couple weeks, they're adding some new people. And part of that's probably pandemic related. Part of that is you're trying to deal with: well, this person gets injured? That person gets injured because I mean, our Dark Queen Abaddon is oh, uh, oh. on the on the mend on the, uh, mm. right now, which is weird because she should just be able to you know use her <laughs> demon spirit and fix that.
1: I don't um, disagree. Like like she was going to have a dynamite match, like uh, and and, yeah. and and she got injured. Yeah, shout out to and, our and Dark Queen the, Abaddon. Hail.
0: Say the other problem too. Now it's a prominent spot. It they they you know you're getting featured in the featured in the last half hour of the program. Although usually a lot of times folks are thinking, hey, let's hurry up and get this over with. Unfortunately, because you want to get to the main event, um, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of TV time for him on Dynamite. And look, Dark is a great thing, and and being the elite is a great thing. I mean, Anna Jay is making a name for herself by mm-hmm. you know punking. Uh, what's his face from The Dark Order? Stu, no, Grayson. Stu Grayson, yeah, poor Stu Grayson. Um, <laughs> but there's just not a lot of TV time to like really build deep stuff going on in that division unless folks are tuned into Dark. And quite frankly, uh, even though I don't watch Dark every week, I, I can't say that I see a lot of a tra- I don't know. I don't know what the vision for the women's division is. I think that's the problem. I don't know if they have an identity for it. I think they just have a they have some talented performers in the women's division, and unfortunately they're kind of just throwing them out there and just kind of doing stuff. I hate to say that. That but feels fair, though. That's my assessment of it. hmm So, uh, let's keep it rolling. The Elite Deletion Match. That sounded really bad. <laughs> Matt Hardy versus... I can't do Matt Hardy as good as you can do Matt Hardy. But Elite Deletion... The Elite Deletion Match.
1: Damn it, now you got my head. So uh, So apparently apparently
0: neither of us can do it. (laughs) Whatever. Uh, You get the point. Matt Hardy would probably think it was great because it's supposed to sound stupid. It would be wonderful. Uh, There we go. I'm back. Green beans. (laughs) That's my favorite thing to like randomly tweet that at Matt Hardy with no context and see if he'll like it. Uh, Whether he likes it on Twitter, I I know for a fact he likes it. Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara. uh, Elite deletion match. We're assuming this is cinematic or like we've confirmed that in some way. Like we have it laid out match details. So this is probably going to get... Uh, well, according cinem- to the most
1: reliable source on the internet, Wikipedia, it does say that it takes place at the Hardy compound in Camber
0: North Carolina. Okay, so, so there we go. And, and look, that makes sense. Matt Hardy pioneered this. It allows him some more flexibility, to be creative and do some of the high spots and stuff that this match calls for and may make it the the vicious burn-off match it needs to be uh, without ending up like last time where Matt Hardy (laughs) falls off a scaffold and almost dies on pay-per-view yeah and and I'm making jokes about it now but it was a very serious situation yeah that was Uh,
1: that was terrifying and 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 I really hope that this is the end of this monkey paw wish of a feud because everything that can go wrong has gone wrong in this feud. Both of these performers are top level. Uh, Matt Hardy's a future hall of famer, a living legend. Uh, And I think Samuel Guevara can be a uh, legend when it's all said and done, but Oh my God, uh, please let this feud be over because
0: I'm afraid they're going to kill each other. (laughs) I think Guevara goes over here. Really? Yeah. I think it meant, you know, the fan in me is rooting for Matt Hardy and I know it's a cinematic match. And it's at the Hardy compound. I think Guevara goes over here because I think it makes the most sense for him to get the rub from Hardy. And Hardy's at that point in his career where, yeah, if they want to throw him a bone one day and let him be TNT champ or something like that, you know, like he certainly deserves that after helping, you know, build up some of these young stars. But I think this is a good opportunity to build up Guevara, and this is gonna be the end of the feud. There has to be a winner. Oh Lord, that's scary to think.
1: Yeah, dude, do not say that. We remember Don't how the last time there had to be a winner played out when these but, two met.
0: <laughs> uh Yeah, I think I think Guevara. Get, I think Guevara gets the dub here because I think it's time to uh, push Sammy Guevara to that next level, and not just a member of the inner circle, but into. Uh, the title picture of some sort. Now, obviously, we know on the world championship level, the Eddie Kingston, John Moxley winner has a date uh, with destiny that is either Adam Page or Kenny Omega. But you know, TNT Championship down the line. Like, I, I think it's time to to put some rocket fuel in Sammy Guevara's ass and see what happens. And you know. That 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 just shows you how highly I think of Sammy Guevara, I think he's ready for a title opportunity, and that's what the TNT belt is all about, in my opinion. I'm not saying like I'm not saying like next week, but I'm saying like you build that momentum off of this, like Hardy helps kind of put him over a little bit. Uh I don't know. That's that. That's just just my thinking on this. Is I think Guevara wins, and it's kind of one of those things that helps build him up, a la what Jericho was doing at the end of his run in WWE. He was working with the young guys, and, and I think that's what Hardy wants to do. So, I, I don't. I don't know what a, a. I don't know what a win does for Matt Hardy. Like Matt Hardy's Matt Hardy, regardless of what his record is, people are gonna like him, and he's unkillable. So you know, it's whatever. Like I think his, I think he sees his role in this run in AEW to help big up, build up young dudes, and that's why he's in a feud with Sammy Guevara, and that's why he's the uh, manager uh, for Private Party. Hmm. I could be wrong. Matt Hardy might have a different vision. I mean, he might have been shooting in that promo where he said he wanted to get healthy. And win the AEW World Championship. But if that's true, then an elite deletion match is not the way to get healthy. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Can't
1: argue with that. Uh, based on my reaction a little bit earlier, I originally was going to go with Matt Hardy. Because, I mean, it's the home field advantage. It's the elite deletion match. It's, it's you know, his match. But just everything you laid out there, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot from my original pick. I too am gonna go Samu Guevara because you made some really good points. And like I'll be honest, if it wasn't for him feuding with Matt Hardy where he's clearly the heel. I would be saying that we're getting ready for a Samuel Guevara face turn just based on this whole MJF inner circle thing because Samuel Guevara has come off looking like a bazillion bucks. He looks like that that everyday babyface trying to fight off the the snooty uh invader in MJF. Um, and I talked earlier in his uh last performance on Dynamite where he tag teamed with Ortiz. I thought he looked amazing. And his offense, at least to me, screamed more babyface than it did heel with his high flying uh, offense uh, came across looking great. Um, yeah, I guess I'll go Sammy Guevara here because because uh, because something something you asked. Uh, what does a win do for Matt Hardy? Not much. Where a win over Matt Hardy in a elite deletion match for Sammy Guevara that could give him that uh, that cachet, so to speak. That that is that is more you know uh, under him more ground to stand on for the future because because I like I clearly think there are big things in Sammy Guevara's future if you remember the very first match on the very first episode of AEW Dynamite was Cody taking on Sammy Guevara so uh, AEW clearly uh, thinks that Sammy is a big star as well and this would be a big feather in the cap so to speak for uh, the Spanish sex god so I'm, I'm kind of surprised myself I'm going Sammy here too.
0: Just real quick, the Cliff Notes devil's advocate version of why you think Matt Hardy uh, could go over on Saturday. Just curious what your thought was before I convinced you, which I'm just amazed I was able to make a, (laughs) a, you know, that, that high school speech debate class is finally paying off. So there you go.
1: Um, uh, what I was thinking was mostly this is an elite deletion match where Matt Hardy does have a very good track record. Uh, he knows the quote unquote tricks in this match. Uh, it's being shot literally in his home field, quote unquote. I mean, it's going to be shot in his front, his back, his side yard at the Hardy compound in Cameron. And plus it's like, I kind of feel like booking wise, AEW would want to give Matt the definitive victory in this feud, just because Matt has gone through so much shit in this feud, whether it be Sammy busted him open the hard way by throwing a chair into his head or that terrifying bump he took on the last pay-per-view where I thought I watched a man die on pay-per-view. I like that was, that was part of my thinking why Matt would have picked up the victory here. But I think story-wise, everything you laid out and what you said benefits Sammy more than it would Matt because I mean, Matt's already a made man and I do think eventually Matt is going to try and make a singles run. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be for the AEW world championship, but I could see him getting that if, you know, cards fall a certain way, I could easily see him winning the TNT championship, but I, I think a victory over Matt Hardy does more in the long run for Sammy Guevara than a
0: victory over Sammy Guevara does for Matt Hardy. I mean, I, I still think this is one that could go either way. And I think Sammy would be fine. Like, he's still going to get the rub from being in the inner circle. He's still going to go out and have really good matches. And with it being sport-based, it's so much easier to bounce back their perception of a loss. Wins and losses matter. But in AEW, regardless of of what happened the last time you went out there, if you go go out and reel off three, four wins, they're going to vault you right back into the picture. Mm Mm-hmm. I just think maybe if we're talking about and maybe AEW sees it the same way you do, that there's going to be a, pardon the pun, paradigm shift in the inner circle. That if that's the case, let's give a little bit of extra jet fuel to Sammy Guevara and maybe loop it back around to uh, positioning him for the TNT Championship. Uh, Again, not making a prediction, but maybe especially if there's a new TNT champion and you got two young guys that can feud for that belt, that might be really good television. We're going to continue on here, and uh, we're going to kind of jump out of order a little bit. We were kind of just going from the the bottom to the top of the card. Uh, But uh, next, let's talk about uh, Hangman Adam Page versus Kenny Omega. This is the finals of the AEW World Championship Eliminator Tournament. The winner receives a future AEW World Championship match. Uh, We'll break down this particular match in a moment. Uh, Are you like me, Dawes, and and you like uh, that AEW rather than almost kind of hitting the random generator button or saying, hey, you know, we've kayfabe uh, put this guy number one in the rankings, so next month we're going to do this match does a lot of whether it's this tournament they did the 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 gauntlet match a couple pay-per-views back uh to set up uh ftr beating kenny and hangman uh the the four-way match basically what i'm getting at aw does a lot i guess this is kind of their interpretation of being sports-based they make you earn your title shot. Like Again, it's not just climbing the rankings. That matters sometimes. At the same time, they'll throw four or five popular teams or or they'll put a tournament together. They'll put the, the Casino Battle Royal together and, again, uh, have in-ring results dictate who kind of squares off with each other. I like it. I think it gives you some flexibility to not just have to book by the rankings that you can put people you want to see together in a match and, and they can can earn it. I like it. I think it's sport-based. Uh, how do you feel about that?
1: I do like it, but at the same time, I mean, I think it is kind of a crutch that AEW uses in their booking. And it wouldn't, like, like I I said I like it, but it still does kind of, like, like, rub me a little bit in the wrong way. And I don't think it would necessarily rub me the wrong way if AEW hadn't made such a... Emphasis on their rankings even before they launched. They talked about how how the how the wins and losses records matter. And I do think I mean by them using this tournament, them using the tag team gauntlet match, with them using the uh, casino battle royale. Uh, it does prevent them from having to be like, all right, well, you know, this guy's number one and now we're going to have to figure out a, the story and a feud for this to make sense for him to fight Moxley or, or them to fight FTR or, or her to fight Um, That said, it's like, I do think it is a little bit of a crutch that AEW Mm -hmm. has been leaning on somewhat regularly. That said, I don't hate it, but at the same time, like it does make me kind of look a little bit sideways, but for the most part, Whenever they use this gimmick or this crutch, whatever you want to call it, I do think it works out for the best. Uh, I think uh, Brian Cage winning that casino battle royale, I think that works. And then we got the whole Eddie Kingston storyline that came out of that as well. Uh, uh, heck, I mean, Brian Cage won that uh, that ladder match as well now that I think about it. So, uh, and, and that turned out all right. Uh, FTR clearly uh, winning the straps off of Omega and page I think worked out and now because they're no longer tag team champions or a tag team period uh, hangman and Kenny were able to enter into the eliminator tournament and now they're facing off for the number one contendership. So I do think it has worked out when they've used it. That said AEW, maybe slow your roll on that a little bit.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Cause look, uh, Brian cage, number one, in the AEW men's rankings, not on the pay-per-view. Lance Archer, number three, not in the pay-per-view. Sean mm-hmm. Spears is actually number five. What the hell are they doing How with the How the hell Spears? did that happen? He's number five in the rankings. Now, Nyla is your number one ranked women's uh wrestler. Then it's Penelope Ford, Abaddon's hurt. Uh Big Swole is number four, and Britt Baker's number five, and they're still working Britt Baker back into being able to go uh in a full on match. Young Bucks are actually the number one ranked tag team. So even if they had that four way tournament, Um, you know, I I think, I think when you're booking a wrestling show, it's just like cooking dinner, right? The it's if you don't have good ingredients, so if you don't have good talent, it's just like if you there's a difference between a fifty dollar steak and a two dollar steak. No matter what I do with that two dollar steak, it's gonna taste like a two dollar steak. Yeah, you, you can only do so. so you much. gotta the start with the there. you gotta start with the right ingredients, and I think that's what AEW has going for them is they have really good ingredients. I, I, I think whether it's hey let's have a tournament or let's have a a ladder match or a battle royal or we're gonna have a gauntlet match or we're gonna have a four way match, that's seasoning thats spices that salt pepper garlic herbs uh rab i think it's pronounced sauce. herbs come on bro. herbs <laughs> uh, that's the seasoning and so i think you got to be careful not to over season the steak but i do think it's fine every now and again to deviate i don't think the rankings have to be the end all be all because i'd much rather see john moxley uh Choke out Eddie Kingston, then a rematch with Brian Cage. Right now, I'm not saying that shouldn't be down the line, but you got to be able to have the ability to not always have to go by that and let the booking get stale because well, well, he's next in the rankings. Yeah, and, and
1: that could so that could be you got to you
0: got to have that balance. You don't want to overuse it. It allows you to be able to interject someone maybe who you want to have a feud with into it because, hey, they can win their way into it. You just got to be smart and make sure the guys you're putting in those opportunities are well-established and close to being in the top five in the rankings or in the rankings. You know, if you want to have a a gauntlet match with the top five teams uh, in AEW, the top five wrestlers in AEW, that actually makes a a lot of sense. And, again, uh, neither... neither Hangman or Kenny are are ranked in the men's rankings, but I don't think they had a whole heck of a lot of singles matches before they got put into that tournament. So there you go. But obviously, it makes sense. These are two of your top stars. They're no longer in the tag division. They need to to have an entry port into the world title picture, and and this is it. So now let's get to the match.
1: And also just make sure Michael Nakazawa doesn't oil up one of the top uh, ropes.
0: Yeah, that that that's a prerequisite. That's every before every taping. Make, make sure you sure, know where Nakazawa's yeah. baby oil is. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is a match that I'm
1: looking forward to. I was, I don't want to say disappointed. I was a little like, oh, okay, all right. Uh, on this past episode, uh, the go home episode of Dynamite, where Hangman kind of went back to uh to to drunk Hangman uh, shenanigans first in the interview with Jr. and then when he came out to save the young bucks from uh, um one of them getting their other leg pilmanized with the with the chair and like i i don't know i kind of thought it was was interesting and almost refreshing to see hangman kind of like refocus almost humbled put in his place and having to uh climb his way back to the top him like like he'll he'll, he'll still have the celebratory beer after the match after he took care of business so i was i was a little Like, oh, okay All right. Well, that's fine. When when we saw, you know, uh, drunk man, Adam Page uh, on this last episode of Dynamite. uh, I think this is going to be a hell of a match. Uh, Kenny Omega, since he's gone back to the cleaner persona uh, with his newly very wordy entrance, which I love, by the way, um, has really shown why he is and why he does have that moniker of the best bout machine. I thought the match he had with Penta a couple weeks ago was phenomenal. One of one of one of the better TV matches I've seen in a long time and it reminded you why they had this on the All In uh event before AEW even became a thing. Like 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 this was one of the featured matches uh Kenny Omega taking on Pentagon Jr. Uh by the way, I I cannot wait until Either one or both of the Lucha Bros get a single
0: top tier run. That's going to be great. I think it's coming sooner rather than later because oh, I think the Lucha Bros are about to split up. I do too, and that and part of
1: that bums me out because because I was really hoping the Lucha Bros would uh, before they split them up would at least get a run with the tag team titles, but they're not even in the conversation for the tag team titles as it is. So, and, and I think Eddie Kingston with, uh, with you're my best friend. And also Ray Phoenix, you're kind of okay too. I think, I think that's really driving a wedge yeah. be,
0: uh, between them. Uh, but, uh, and, and they're re- I mean, the fact that they're having a rematch on dynamite went next Wednesday. So there you go. Too. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. So, so
1: this really might be happening sooner rather than later. Uh, I think, Hangman brings the kitchen sink. I think Hangman looks like a million dollars, but in the end, he is going up against the cleaner. He is going up against the best belt machine. And I think Kenny Omega walks out of this match being the number one contender. And uh, by, like, like, before this is all said and done, like, I want to talk about some fantasy booking because I have some ideas where this is going. And I don't think they're that outlandish. So uh, Kenny wins here.
0: Yeah, I'll just kind of lead you into that because we've talked about this before. I do think Kenny wins here. I, I I think it's the long game uh, with Hangman Adam Page and his booking. And I'm sorry, Dawes, I'm going to steal your thunder here. I'm not going to lay out exactly <laughs> what happens. I'll let you do it. But you I bastard! Think Kenny, I think Kenny wins here, and I think Kenny is in line to be your next AEW World Champion because John Moxley's had it for a while. Mm-hmm. And that, I think that sets up the the Hangman redemption story. I don't know if it just happens clean in the middle that Kenny beats Hangman. But as you mentioned, Hangman's still kind of drunk cowboy. Um, and that's awesome because we all enjoyed our... You know, in the 90s, we all enjoyed our favorite beer-swilling swill, redneck Stone Cold Steve Austin. What? And I think... You got to do it. You got to do it without the teeth. <laughs> I don't even know what gummer lip Steve Austin sounds like. Anyway, I'm just gonna leave that alone. <laughs> uh, that's a talking shop inside joke. What? Um, I think Hangman's got some stuff he's got to deal with, uh, and, and you know, Mainly I think that sets Asian. up. I think the Hangman Redemption tour sets up a great story uh, that culminates eventually in him being the the world champion. But uh, we're on the same page there.
1: Yeah, okay. And and yeah, I I I'm I'm in agreement with you there. I think Kenny wins here. He goes on to beat John Moxley eventually for the championship. Uh by the way, spoiler alert for the I Quit match coming up. Uh because you have to remember Kenny Omega was vanquished and defeated by John Moxley and coming into the start of All Elite Wrestling, everybody was thinking that Kenny Omega was going to be the crown jewel not to steal a turn from the WWE of All Elite Wrestling. And that was kind of uh dampered and put on hold when John Moxley showed up and beat him. Uh, so I think that will be part of Kenny Omega's. I mean, you talked about the hangman redemption story. I think that's going to be part of Kenny Omega's for the lack of a better term, redemption story as well. And I think we're going to see Hangman work his way up. And eventually it's going to be the Hangman knocking off Kenny Omega, fulfilling that prophecy. Hangman talked about it earlier uh, or this on this past episode of Dynamite where people thought, and he told people he was going to be the very first ever AEW world champion. He's clearly not going to be the first, but I do think eventually Hangman gets the strap off of champion Kenny Omega.
0: Hey, look, I think when they first came into AEW, everybody thinking, oh, well, they're just going to put all the belts on, yeah. on all the elite. That was really smart. <laughs> they're not just going to book that. themselves as champs, which I mean, Jericho's yep. the first champ. And that gave the title uh, credibility because he's Chris fucking Jericho legitimized it, I legitimized it. Uh, it, I think it, I don't know if that was their plan and that's why Kenny, uh, lost, uh, in that sort of pseudo-tournament, because he lost to Jericho, Hangman won the Battle Royal, they had the first title match, Hangman it, it falls to Jericho, then TV gets started, and and, and Kenny's in a feud uh, with, with Moxley, and kind of feuding with Pac as well, and had some good matches. Now, but- speaking
1: of Pac, if you remember, Hangman was supposed to face off against Pac, in that pay-per-view, Pac uh, has, an, has a prior engagement, so Hangman is inserted into that battle Royal and is named uh, the number one cha- uh, contender.
0: Yep. So uh, I think that was um, uh, interesting there. Uh, I think it was smart booking. And I, I think even if this wasn't the plan in the, in the long run where it got was really good. Cause I do think what, cause they had the, They had the championship for a long time because they won them on the Jericho Cruise and then they dropped them at All Out. I mean, at this
1: point, yeah, yeah. They're the longest reigning AEW World Tag Team Champions. Now, granted, there's been three tag team champions, but I mean, they, they held the uh, tag straps for a I, long I think, time.
0: I think having them be in the tag division helped the tag division, and it was already a strong division, mm-hmm. but it, it, I think it kept you without having to like overload and rush the Bucks getting the championship or this or that and do some other things. I, I think it was good for the company. Two of your top stars got to be champions – without having to shoehorn him in a, a, as the world champ, and it helped ele- help build up a division that was a focus of the company was to elevate tag team wrestling. Absolutely. Uh, that, that said, I think it is time for it to come full circle. You remember this time last year at Full Gear, Kenny Omega, what, I mean, technically lost a match, but it's not even really a match. It's not in his record, right, because it was a lights-out match.
1: It's a great match, but, but but we can't sanction it. Thank you, Tony Yeah. It, yeah,
0: so that kind of you know things come full circle kenny gets his win at at full gear i think sometime down the road you certainly can take your time you you have them kind of cross paths you don't have to rush into omega and moxley for the world championship and yeah spoiler alert uh by the way for the world title coming (laughs) up that we'll discuss in a minute sorry eddie um By the way,
1: real quick, according to Wikipedia,
0: uh, Hangman
1: and Kenny held those tag titles for 228 days.
0: That's a pretty darn good run. In this day and age, absolutely. A little, a little long, but I I think they did a ton. I think it helped them. It's made some good storylines. It helped with the fracture of the elite. And elevated that division. So, Kenny Omega, congratulations. You will be the number one contender for the AEW World Championship. And if I'm wrong, then oh well, we get to see a drunken cowboy uh, fight John Moxley. That'll <laughs> be fun to see uh, Hangman Page chase John Moxley with a horse.
1: yeah that'd be pretty badass (laughs) that would be funny okay now that you mention it can I change my no?
0: I mean they're going to be wrestling in Jacksonville for an indeterminate amount of time so they got that whole stadium they can ride horses around (laughs) in TNT championship Cody Rhodes with Mr. Waffle House himself Arn Anderson Uh, did you see that I think Cody might have shared it or Arn might even know how to use Twitter uh, somebody went as Arn Anderson for Halloween and totally just got an, a Waffle House menu because no. Arn Anderson has the play sheet. Yeah, yeah, this was on Twitter. That's
1: fantastic. That is great. Yeah, it
0: would. He literally just like, hey, I and like modified the Waffle House menu and put Arn on there and put Cody and, and put Pharaoh. Like, like made some pictures, but that's it was a fantastic. Waffle House menu. Bravo, whoever did that on the small
1: chance you're listening. No, there's actually no chance. I see the numbers. He's definitely not listening.
0: So uh Cody versus Darby Allen, a, a- TNT championship. Uh my heart really wants Darby Allen to be champion, uh, but I think we probably know what's gonna happen here, unfortunately. See,
1: I'm going to surprise you. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to go Darby here just because like where does where does Cody go from here if he does beat Darby Allen, who who AEW has been building up as a star. And part of the reason that I'm going with the Darby Allen pick, do you know the word on the street, Rab? No. What is the word on the street? Okay. A couple weeks ago, WWE shop.com or shop WWE, regardless, the WWE online store, they pulled all of the merchandise that they were selling for a certain legend, a man called Sting. And there is hmm. some rumors that Sting is going to show up at full gear and, Rab, what superstar has black and white face paint.
0: Darby Allen is Sting's, like, long-lost wrestling love child.
1: Rab, what superstar has been hanging out in the uh, rafters or the closest thing they could get to rafters at Daly's Place?
0: (laughs) Darby Allen. Hmm.
1: So I'm wondering if, A, the man they called Sting, shows up, what role he would use, because AEW has shown they have a... uh, liking of using legends as almost a coaching role uh you already talked about uh the Waffle House King himself Arn Anderson in the corner of Cody uh I guess you can call him Rhodes since it's on pay-per-view um I don't know if that would be a pairing that would go forward or be you know a long-term pairing because I don't know what uh Sting even if he does show up what he would want to do and also, like, like, even taking the Sting equation out of it, I go back to the question I first asked. Where does Cody go after this uh, if he does successfully retain the TNT Championship? He's already slayed the Dark Order beast to the point where we haven't seen uh, Mr. Brody Lee since he lost the dang title. And the Dark Order's been relegated back to being a bunch of creepy perverts. Um uh, maybe he goes and feuds with, uh, with Team Taz because uh, Ricky Stark and uh, Brian Cage and Taz were uh, running their mouth that they're being left off the card. So maybe maybe that's a possibility, but I, I, I guess that's okay. And plus, like I would be interested to see what they do with Darby Allen because Darby has been pretty intermittent, let's call it, on television and in-ring action other than him sitting... Like like in the very top corridors of Daily's place. So I'm going Darby Allen here.
0: You you've sold me like Yes uh, Circle
1: gets the square, ladies and
0: gentlemen. Circle circle gets the square. It's absolutely <laughs> what I want to happen, but like it's the one thing with Cody is every time you kinda think. So yeah if Cody if, if Cody Rhodes wins the TNT championship yeah. and they have a good match like I don't think it hurts Darby that much but I, I think again if you're thinking about hey we've established these guys you've established Sammy Guevara. you established orange freaking Cassidy for God's sakes mm-hmm. like somewhere he's, Jim the, Cornett's most, had to, had he's the most over he's it. the most over thing in wrestling yep mm-hmm. Like people buy into people like Darby Allen. Like I don't know how many people I saw dressed up on like social media as Darby Allen for Halloween. Um, Darby Allen could be big with that TNT Championship, and, and that could help him. And there's some built-in feuds. Like Darby Allen already has a thing with Team Taz. <laughs> we. Mentioned, hey, what would you maybe do with Sammy Guevara? Like Ooh, you that, got these two, oh. you, like Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allen. Like Sammy doesn't even have to, Sammy doesn't have to turn face there because Darby's the face coming off the Elite deletion. Mm-hmm. And they have a you history. Know? They have they have burned down the house. They have been the
1: highlights of some of very good AEW pay per views.
0: Yeah, so like that's natural right there. And then look. Whatever Cody does, whatever pet project Cody has next that he wants to work on is going to be good. So and
1: overbooked, it's going to be good and be overbooked.
0: But at the end, like the payoff's the way they get get you there is going to be stupid. But at some point, there's going to be some good matches, and you know Cody doesn't need a championship to make him Cody. Yeah, he's Cody fucking Uh, Rhodes. He's he's done his job. And eventually, I, I, even though they like
1: and Jericho was putting him over on this past dynamite, even though they've stuck to that whole stipulation,
0: eventually Cody is going to challenge for the title. Yeah, They'll figure out some way for that. So like Cody's going to be Cody's going to be fine. And he's done again. He's done his job. I, they, I think they may be kind of rushed I, like. It, with all due respect to this and like I like the dog collar match a few weeks ago. We should be having a dog collar match Saturday. Yes, absolutely. They they
1: absolutely rushed that whole like Cody versus the Dark Order slash and, and Brody look, Maybe Lee story. there's
0: a reason we'll find out. You know, maybe Brody Lee's a old school brother and there's something going on with Brody Lee, and so they needed a way to get him off of television. Yeah, because right.
1: again, we haven't seen him since he lost the strap.
0: I haven't even seen we haven't even seen him on on BTE hitting yeah. people with paper papers exactly. and saying fuck a lot cuz <laughs> man does he fucking like to say fucking fuck. Samuel Jackson thinks he says fuck a lot. So uh something's going on there but you know Cody's du- Cody did his job to establish the TNT championship. And it introduced new talent. It got Eddie Kingston a job. It got Warhorse on AEW. Warhorse! Ruling ass everywhere. <laughs> He's done a good job establishing that championship. It now needs to be the springboard for the young guys. It needs to be the title for, like, not always, not exclusively. It needs to be the
1: workers' title.
0: It needs to be the title for the young dudes. Mm
1: <laughs> hmm. And, and I love the promo that Cody cut on the go-home episode of Dynamite saying uh, saying you th- uh, you want the ace title, but Darby, I'm here to tell you you're not the ace. Man, like, okay, that is some solid stick work from Cody, and and I think it would be the
0: perfect time to show that Darby is the ace. So my official prediction is Cody Rhodes, because then that way the opposite will happen. <laughs> uh, but uh, you you sold me very well on Darby <laughs> Allen just like I sold you on Sammy Guevara so I'm going to go with Cody because at the end of the day uh, Cody's got some Dusty in him mm-hmm. yep and, and the booker's going to book her right the booker's going to book her uh, <laughs> yeah but so, so it makes it so funny when my wife talks about how she doesn't like Cody Rhodes and how his tattoo looks douchey and I'm like yeah I don't like him and I like legitimately don't like him anymore
1: so. yeah like like I I'll, I'll admit I'm not I'm not to that point but 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 Cody is kind of starting to <sighs> like,
0: I don't hate
1: I don't hate him as a person like no if, no if clearly not it's oppor- a character yeah yeah but he he is starting to get to the point it's like dude come on like 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 settle the hell down you don't you don't need to have your own special entrance uh so you're Pre song to your entrance song can play, and I mean, like, like just think back to their very first pay per view. He came out and had a throne that he literally hit with a sledgehammer. It's like, okay, subtlety, like a sledgehammer. Like, like, dude, tone it down a bit. Also, your your tattoo does look douchey.
0: Oh yeah, it, it's the difference between oh, like I'm supposed to not like him because I'm supposed to not like MJF because he's the heel but like I like MJF as a character like I'm just annoyed like, yeah. Cody Rhodes isn't a heel but, but it's that yeah. John it's, it, it's the reason people like to chant Cena sucks <laughs> uh, that's what's going on there alright world tag <laughs> team title match FTR versus the Young Bucks Tully blanchard banned from ringside if the Young Bucks lose hey this sounds familiar Dawes yeah, guess what yeah. they won't do <laughs>
1: Didn't we just talk about this? We just talked about this.
0: So <laughs> stupid.
1: Yeah, you remember earlier in the podcast when Rab and I were talking about uh, certain decisions that made me say, you know, I don't think I'm going to order this pay-per-view. This is what I was talking
0: about. Like, Yeah, because the fear here is that the Bucks martyr themselves. Oh, look how good the Bucks are, man. Like, they're not abusing their EVP powers. Ooh, they're not going to challenge for the championship. Uh, Co- they- they've been hanging out with Cody, and they overbooked a match. A little bit. Well, and, and it's like I've already seen
1: the jokes that they'll just introduce the AEW TNT Tag Team Championships on the next episode of Dynamite, which I thought was pretty funny. Um... Or, I mean, they got that tournament
0: going on BTE, the Gator Golf. Oh, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. The BTE Championship. (laughs) That's that's such a fuck you to WWE that introduces 47 belts. And then BTE's like, you know what? We're going to waste money and make a belt. And then we're going to give it to somebody because we're going to play Gator Golf. Our
1: YouTube channel has its own championship (laughs) belt. Which, by the Uh way, that championship belt does look pretty sweet. But like, (laughs) the reason I hate this stipulation is the exact same reason I hated the stipulation when Cody put it on himself. There's literally no reason to do this right now. And it's like, like with Jericho and Cody, okay, whatever. But especially with FTR and the Young Bucks, this has been a dream match. A match years in the making. Two of the best tag teams, if not the best tag teams of their generation. Me personally, I'm going to go New Day because New Day rocks. Um, But Why are you putting this stipulation on the very first time these two teams meet in the ring for the championship? And oh, by the way, like we like, I guess the bucks are face now question mark. Like I'm very underwhelmed for what is considered, I just called it a dream match. But I I don't know if it's the booking. Well, clearly, clearly the booking is. Part of the problem with this match, whether it be like like because the Bucks for the last few weeks were these like you know we're tweeners leaning heels, we're super kicking Tony Schiavone and breaking his phone and 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 teabagging Alex Marquez or Marvez or whatever the fuck his name is and I, I don't know man it's like like I'm sure this match is gonna be good like hell it's probably gonna be great but with this whole stipulation tacked onto it, like, like the bucks have to win here, right?
0: Something. They either have to win and, and FTR having the world championship was just kind of like a transition to get it to the bucks to have this match, which I think would be poor booking. Oh God. Can you imagine they use FTR
1: as transitional champions? God. Like,
0: Here's the problem: they painted themselves into a really bad corner. Mm-hmm. They painted themselves into a they painted themselves into a corner with Cody, but like you know, MJF turned on him. We got the MJF Cody feud. We got uh, Cody doing moonsaults off a off a cage, That was sweet, which was sweet and stupid. <laughs> we got you know that ended up being a good storyline. And then it turns out they probably knew anyway. Hey, we're going to introduce this TNT championship at some point. Cody can challenge for that. And he can be the workhorse and the face of that division. And be the Yeah, he can build up a division and, and work with these young guns and, and all that good stuff. So that was probably smart. There was no reason to book this match this way. Literally because you not. know what should have happened? They should have had this match straight up. Tully Blanchard should have kicked both the Bucks and the Balls and screwed them out of the championship. And that's just round one of 387 <laughs> million awesome damn matches between these two. And then, like, the fifth time down the line, when there's no reason, right? Like, exactly. they've gone back and forth. Exactly. When there's absolutely no reason on earth that FTR should give the Young Bucks another title because FTR is heels, right? So it's the best thing for them to do. Hell, they be got dicks. lawyers. Do you know how how big of a heel you have to be to have lawyers? Be dicks and be like, no, dude, we've beaten you before. We're not giving you another title match. The Bucks. Hey, what if you, you know? Then you do the the that's lo- that's when the loser leave town stipulation comes exactly. in because that's what this is. This is the old. This is how they. This is the old loser leave town match. Except guys don't leave town anymore because it's not like you're going from territory to territory. <laughs> so like down the line, like when it when it's gone back and forth, and the Bucks want one more match. That's when you break out this stipulation. Yep. 1,000%. So, look, we talked about this in a text chain. There's got to be shenanigans here. Obviously, even
1: even though Tully's banned from ringside, he is 100% playing into this match.
0: There's got to be shenanigans. FTR loses by disqualification. The Bucks get themselves disqualified or counted out or something. You know, like, it, it got to be some there, something going on. Because you've overbooked this, and so you're either taking the belts off of FTR prematurely, or the EVP co-founders of your company can never challenge for the championship again, and that's just as stupid. So stupid. Well,
1: and, and especially it's like you bring up something like like FTR gets themselves disqualified or there's some countout. I don't know if this is the way the uh, that it's being enforced, but in that interview they gave with Excalibur where they announced this powerfully stupid stipulation, they said if they don't win the championship, so even if there is a DQ finish, hey, guess what? Champion retains on a DQ. If there is a countout finish, once again, champions retain on a DQ, so... Like,
0: like I, God dang it! Uh, It's rest, it's it's wrestling though, right? So it's all about exploiting. It's all about exploiting the technicality. Yeah, the rules don't. the the rule The rules are there to help tell the story. Yep.
1: The rules only matter when they need to matter.
0: Or. And even though this is a stack card and it would mean we'd be talking about another four-hour pay-per-view, they wrestled <laughs> to a 60-minute time limit draw. Oh, my God. Could you have me- Like, I don't know that I want to watch FTR and the Bucks for 60 minutes, but...
1: Especially because it's it's going to be placed later in the card, too, I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, like, like any other card, this this might be your main event headliner go home after this, but it's like... Like, I'll be honest, the last the last pay-per-view they had, uh, what was it? Uh, all Out. All Out, yeah. Yeah, thank you, buddy. That thing seemed to go forever. And it's like, I've been a fan of all of AEW's
0: pay-per-views. They all go
1: really, really long.
0: Well, the last one was, I mean, after we all thought Matt Hardy was dead. I mean, yes that that, that is that is true. There, that definitely did
1: cast a pall, so to speak, over uh, think, over that that evening's I, events. I
0: I, I I think, although all of them don't always end up going to the time limit, I, I think with with some things when it's a a pay per view, because they you know do the twenty minute time limit on television, they may want to take things a little bit longer in, in some of these matches, and especially because a lot of them. Look, AEW builds it up. They have four pay per views every year, so they usually put most or all their championships uh, on the pay per view. Mm-hmm. That, that they let them go a little bit. I get that, uh, but I mean, look, they, you got—if you include the pre-show, you got nine matches. You got five, ti- you got five title matches. You got to give them their due, and if it's entertaining, I don't care if it's three and a half hours. But it better be, it better damn well be entertaining. Well, and that's fair. That's, that's fair. But even the, even the pay-per-view
1: that had the uh, stadium stampede, that thing went long too. And I'll
0: be honest, there were points where it it dragged, so. Well, yeah, again, they probably put a couple too many matches on the card Mm -hmm. here and there. But uh, it just, it it depends. All right, we got yeah speaking of
1: going long here we are (laughs) we
0: i'm not i'm not predicting a 60 minute time limit draw and look i'll substitute that for ambien if need be saturday (laughs) because although ftr and 60 ftr and the unbucked probably could work a 60 minute broadway like that's a relic of the territory days of wrestling and it's probably good you don't have that all that often um John Moxley, Eddie Kingston, I quit match for the AEW World Championship. This is all about a blood feud between two supposed brothers. This is simple. Eddie Kingston's not anywhere near uh, the top five. Uh, He got a match. We all know that, what, it was supposed to be Team Moxley versus Team Taz, right? And they had recruited Archer, and then there was some COVID stuff, and so AEW... Uh, kind of had to scramble, and they said, hey, well, let's uh, uh, put the uh, uh, strap on the line. And keep Moxley involved in the picture. Moxley, who you want to challenge? And he said, hey, let's, uh, let's work with Eddie Kingston. Hey, he's hot right now. Uh, and there was some controversy in that finish to their Dynamite match, so now to make sure there's no confusion. To win this match, you have to beat your opponent to the point where they verbally say into a microphone, I quit. So uh, there we go. Uh, that said, Dawes, this story has been told very, very well. Oh, I mean, you can. T- phenomenal. Eddie Kingston hasn't had a lot of time in the limelight on the national stage, but you can tell these are two veteran wrestlers who know how to tell a story. Mm-hmm. And and I will say, it's like I know Eddie
1: Kingston is a very popular person in the online wrestling community, and 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 I get that he's 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 good on the microphone. Like, I think anytime Eddie Kingston has a microphone in his hand, it's must see, can't miss television, whatever you want to call it. That said, in the ring, I've been a little bit underwhelmed with uh, with what we've seen, at least in the AEW perspective. Now, I haven't gone out and you know uh, sought out anything uh, from his past, but it's like, anytime he has a microphone, it's like, Stop what you're doing and watch because it's going to be phenomenal. The The promo that he and Mox cut on the go-home episode of Dynamite, the uh, packages that they did on the episode before the go-home episode of Dynamite were phenomenal. Um, Eddie Kingston has... Not- I, me saying that Eddie Kingston is good at promos is a severe understatement and and I don't I don't want to be, you know, a, a prisoner of the moment. I don't want to speak in hyperbole, but Eddie Kingston might be one of the best promos in wrestling history, full stop period, because anytime he speaks, anytime he talks, you feel the emotion. You believe everything he says, and I think that's because he truly does believe a lot of what he says. I mean, like like we've already made reference to BTE several times throughout this show one of the i one of my favorite new uh segments on BTE is yep. is where they give Eddie Kingston a random item and say cut a promo on this
0: bag of sour patch kids go this week he cut a or last week this week's dynamite was or this week's uh, BTE was weird yeah uh, yeah they spent way too much time playing the family feud for no reason yeah that was uh, that was a bit that died in the
1: first 90 seconds there was still like 10 minutes of it
0: yeah, I don't know what the fuck that was. <laughs> um, Eddie, cut a cut a promo on this uh, the jack-o-lantern, jack-o'-lantern bucket that you tank tri- yep. trick or treating. <laughs> and then he starts talking about Santa Claus, and he has to clarify there is a Santa Claus. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, and look, I don't, I don't care that Eddie Kingston isn't the best worker. Like, that's what Kenny Omega's here for, to be the best bout machine. Eddie Kingston's here to cut a promo and whip your ass. And, like, he's a brawler, and, and plus, if you just, you know, listen to his interview he did with Jericho, and he was also on an episode of uh, Unrestricted. Uh, Eddie used to be fat. hmm <laughs> And so that may, probably is why it took him 18 years to get to a major wrestling promotion, and it probably limits his style. But, like, that's not his style to be the high flyer. It's his style to fight you, not wrestle you. And, like, that's okay because if you put him in the right storylines and he tells the right story, you know what kind of match you're going to get. And you still get a good payoff because the out-of-the-ring stuff is so good. Uh, you know, plus, this is all just gravy because, remember, he originally got a job in AEW because he was talking shit on Twitter. Yep. <laughs> about <laughs> Cody. So not not only uh, is he fire on the microphone, he's fire behind the keyboard too. Even though apparently he doesn't know how to use Twitter, and every time you interview him, he can't remember what his Twitter handle <laughs> is. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to this match. I mean, it's <sighs> it's gonna be brutal, and and it, it's gonna it's be gonna fantastic. be brutal. It's gonna be fantastic. John Moxley's gonna win. There, there's no reason to take the strap off of John, John Moxley and give it to Eddie Kingston. That's no disrespect, but Eddie's here to be the foil to Mox, and you got bigger things. You got a, a, a Moxley Omega rematch potentially if things play out how we think in the the Eliminator Tournament final, or you got Moxley versus Hangman on a horse. So I mean, <laughs> which I mean, that sounds kind of awesome. So, John Moxley's had his championship for almost a year. This is not the time to take it off of him. I I thought a couple times earlier uh, possibly with with like Brian Cage I thought maybe there would be a a, a title change. There wasn't. So we'll see where this goes and who's next for Mox but Eddie Kingston's not getting the dub here on, on Saturday night.
1: Yeah, and if you weren't able to put two and two together earlier when we were talking about Hangman and Omega, I too am picking Moxley to retain. This will be brutal. We'll probably see all four members of the Kingston family in, interject themselves into the match. Uh, but I do think at the end of the day, Eddie Kingston uh, utters those two words, "I quit," and John Moxley retains. So, uh, let, let me
0: let me be clear. I do think Eddie Kingston will be an AEW champion of some sort at some time. I think he will get a run, probably with the TNT belt as a thank you for uh, his service, not only to the company, but hey, he's been a vet, and I'll like you just throw a Matt Hardy a bone. Hey, yeah, dude, you can be the TNT champion for. Uh, six, eight weeks, and we're going to put you in this program with this young dude, and uh, the point is for you to elevate the young dude. Uh, and I don't think Eddie Kingston has a, a problem with that because, again, uh, he's such a good character. Uh, pissed off Eddie Kingston in the ring that's bitter at John Moxley is not actually bitter because Mama got a house now because Eddie got a job with AEW. Yep. And speaking of his mama,
1: once again, that promo that he and Mox cut on the go home uh, episode of Dynamite was just so damn good. You could feel the emotions like like those. Those might be two
0: of the best talkers in the entire biz, like like full stop. Great stuff. Hey, and again, guess what? Guess what happens when you take your real life shit and you turn it up to 11? It's such good
1: shit, pal.
0: Because this it, it's you know, look, I get it. Vince doesn't give a crap about John Moxley telling some story about sitting at the kitchen table at Eddie Kingston's mama's house, which I believe probably actually happened. And I believe at some point, Eddie Kingston probably was a little bit pissed off that John Moxley got a WWE contract. But Eddie will tell you he didn't deserve one because he was fat and lazy and he ran his mouth too much. Uh, I'm screwing up kayfabe here, but whatever, <laughs> you're listening to a wrestling podcast. Uh, so, you know, again... The best stuff is when you just take yourself and amplify it.
1: And as a fat, lazy person that also runs his mouth too much, I identify with Eddie Kingston. But, uh, Rab, that is this upcoming AEW pay-per-view card of full gear. Top to bottom, really strong card. I, again, feel like I'm a broken record saying that. What do you think is going to be the match of the night and why?
0: I think the match of the night is going to be Hangman versus Kenny. Because I just think they have the potential to work so well together, um, and then I also, you know, I, I, obviously FTR Young Bucks is going to be really good. I, I think Moxley Kingston's going to be very memorable because it's going to be violent, A, and and Hardy Guevara because of the cinematic element. But I think I think match of the night. It, it, even if it's not the last match to go on, it's the main event in my eyes and it's Kenny Omega versus hangman page. Cause it's two of your top stars and both of those guys are also really, really, really good workers. They both have a really high work rate. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with hangman
1: and uh, Kenny as well as my match of the night. If If, if, and I wish it didn't have this, if the Bucks and FTR didn't have that terrible uh, stipulation on it, I think that would be the match of the night because I think they could pull out all the stops though. I mean, I guess in theory, the Bucks are going to quote unquote, pull out all the stops, but
0: here's the thing. Well, that match is probably going to be about 30, 35 minutes. And so the first, if it goes 30 minutes, the first 26 minutes and 45 seconds are going to be amazing. And then there's going to be three minutes and fifteen seconds of stupid shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially with that, I think that I think that <laughs> get, hammers home my choice of man. uh Paige you know,
1: and uh, Omega.
0: Look, at that Page and Omega are going to be awesome. And, and the thing is, that's just going to be a great, just pure wrestling match because there's no reason to have any funny gimmicks. It's not like you got to protect anybody because mm-hmm. you, you, you know. You're you're casting the loser into the long term redemption story, and I, I think that's Hangman, and I think it makes sense. Uh, at some point, somebody's got to take the Jack Daniels uh, away from Hangman, and that's going to be a great story in and of itself. But anyway, we've talked far too long, Daz. Uh, time to wrap it up. Uh, it, closing thoughts here. Um, looking forward to this
1: Sunday or. Er- rather this saturday also shout out to aew for having their pay-per-views on saturday so i can actually stay up and watch them uh looking forward to the card uh on pay-per-view and i will be forking over 50 slash 60 dollars to aew for the pleasure of watching that rab where can the
0: lovely listeners find you First of all, I'll say this. It's better than watching Tennessee slog through a game with Arkansas. (sighs) Oh Yeah, yeah. That thought had crossed my mind. Which is what I'm probably going to do because the day job dictates that I need to know what happens with the Vols, and I'll get caught up on on AEW uh, later on. Well, and
1: speaking Uh, of the day job, where can the lovely listeners find you?
0: Off the bench Monday through Friday from 11 to noon. Really excited. Also, that's on WCDT radio, but also excited. Uh, We have... For the last three years, done a prep football show where we talk with folks around the southern middle Tennessee area and break down high school football as uh, some other stations carry that. So, yes, I'm bragging. I have a syndicated radio show. Uh, it is going to expand and it is going to be sort of year round, basically school calendar year round from the fall through the spring and continue on its run of uh, syndication with some great stations in the Southern military area. So starting next week, next Wednesday, uh, November the 11th, you can hear prep sports insiders at six o'clock on WCDT. And then we, as I said, we have some other fine stations who carry it at various times uh, during the week. So check your local listings for that. Excited about that. Love telling the story of these, uh, high school kids who work really hard, whether it's the football team or the bag or the badminton team, Or the Quidditch team, they need to have their story told. And so excited about that. Uh, Follow me on Twitter, at RabWill on uh, Twitter. uh, And subscribe to the WCDT Radio Podcast right here on, uh, on iTunes.
1: Very good. Uh, Also, really cool of you highlighting those high school students. Follow me on Twitter, twitter twitter.com slash Landauz, L-A-N-D-O-Z. Please go follow me. I also run a website, buttmunchchips.com, chips. -chips, sit on your munch. But in lieu of that, please head to the iTunes store and subscribe and give us a five-star review. Remember, five stars or gtfo of this fine podcast you're listening that is near fall radio i also appear on the monday morning monorail podcast a family-friendly podcast talking about the latest happenings at the house of the mouse down in orlando florida at walt disney world and i also appear on the phil show news talk 987 woki radio station locally here in knoxville tennessee streaming 6 to 10 a.m eastern standard time Worldwide at newstalk987.com. Also available in the iHeartRadio app and the NewsTalk987 app as well. So, uh, Rab, another good episode of Near Fall Radio, if I do say so myself. Any final words as we hit
0: the dough? Wear your mask, wash your damn hands, uh, be patient. They're gonna get the votes counted, and uh, we'll know who the leader of the free world is soon. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, we thought it was really awesome. Uh, my only allowed political tangent of the uh, podcast this week thought it was really awesome if you add it all together what it, about one had about 70 75 million votes uh, the other had about 69 million votes or 60 million votes at like 130 40-ish uh, million people decided to vote uh, despite there being a pandemic democracy yay so just uh, hold hang in there tight whatever side you're on they're going to count all the votes. They're going to make sure it's legit, and yeah, then we'll know soon. In the meantime, uh, in the words of Hangman Adam Page, uh, wear your damn math, wash your damn hands.
1: Couldn't said it better myself. So, for The Will Rab, I am A. Landon Doan. Thank you so much for joining us on the edition of Near Fall Radio. You've been great. We've been Near Fall. Thank you very much. I've, I've I've tried to I've tried to put my ass on the internet for money and no takers.
0: Hey, let's not forget Ted Cruz uses Twitter to watch porn. Them boys are good. Yeah, they're good. They're good. I mean, I'm still whoop their ass, but they're good.